say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Thank you for joining us on a live episode of Firing Range tonight. I just realized I don't have my intro notes in front of me. Wonderful. But uh, you can already tell that by looking around the table, it's a little bit different tonight. We have joining us uh, tonight some people from Bungie. We have uh, Kevin Giannis and Eric Smith, two Bungie devs who were really kind enough to reach out. Uh, that they wanted to come onto the show and talk a little bit about the upcoming December ability changes. So we're thrilled to have them here. We're going to have a great discussion about the sandbox, all that fun stuff coming in December. Uh, we're going to try to maybe fade into the background as much as possible because we have limited time. Uh, and we're going to let them uh, be the stars of the show. Question number one. Where TWAB? Kidding. No. Uh, question number one. It's It's really ambitious that you guys are essentially going to be touching pretty much everything in the sandbox to some degree moving forward in December, uh, ability-wise. That's very large. It's a really large project. Uh, could either of you talk a little bit about the decision to maybe lean more towards a weapon-focused sandbox in December? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want to take that, Eric? Actually, you, you start. Do it. Oh. You do it. Oh, shit. Um... Oh, there's there's my one. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like we said in the TWAB, we took uh, a long look at the feedback we were getting after Beyond Light. Honestly, a little bit before it as well about where abilities were in the Crucible. And we know it wasn't just stasis, right? It wasn't just the heat of stasis. There was a, a directional shift and you guys got kind of like a, a preview of that with... Um, you know, Joe's post about PvP within the company, just about how we wanted to approach PvP, what we wanted to do, and that, that that put us in a position where we could look at the problem sets, diagnose them, and then come up with a plan. And I remember it was it honestly was around these times where we were playing the game as a team and we started thinking about the pain points we had as well, um, and corroborating that with community feedback, the data we were seeing, and just you know, the what we know about the sandbox. And I painted a pretty clear picture that we had we had power inflated, and we've been power inflating since Forsaken, honestly. Um, and we we hit kind of a threshold where we were, we were going too much, and we were either going to go one direction or another. And we decided that we wanted to reel it back. Um, I think it's really important to note here, though, like we're not going back to D two year one. We have no intention of going back to D two year one. Um, that was a different game. We think that the abilities in Destiny are part of the star of the show. But they have a time, they have a place, they have a cadence that they need to operate in, and right now they're dominating that conversation. So what you're going to see here is us resetting the foundation. We're gonna, and we say that a lot, but I really want to stress that like we're renormalizing the power bands, we're renormalizing the the pace of the game, and that is so we can start to add things like the 3.0 updates that you're going to see starting with the witch. So that's kind of what started us down the path. Um, when we thought about what was the best parts of Destiny PvP, it was using your abilities tactically, deploying them, 
and thinking about your economy through the course of the match, especially in the 3v3 modes, and then relying on your gun skill, right? Like, I think there isn't a game out there, at least to us, that feels as good as Destiny, where my actions are, are just intuited by the controller, by the game, by the keyboard, where the input device melts away and my thoughts are are converting into actions super quickly. So we wanted to foster that. We wanted to put that at the forefront of the gameplay loop. We wanted to make sure that the thing that you're doing the majority of the time is that experience because we believe so heavily in it. And I really, 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 really want to hammer home here. The <laughs> abilities are still super important. You're going to see that with the update in the 30th anniversary. You're going to see that with the Witch Queen. Like we're we're not going to a place where it's going to feel stale. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I appreciate I that. Abilities yeah. will feel, you know, especially in a subclass 3.0 world where the light subclasses, you're going to have combinations that you weren't able to pull off before, and those abilities are going to be central to it. It's going to feel really good. Um, I guess I'll leave it there. Short and sweet. I like it. Uh, now, I have to be really careful uh, because if we deviate from the uh, from the plan, if there are any curveballs, Dylan could literally fly through the window right now to my left and uh, put me in a chokehold. But I, I do really appreciate and I think a lot of people in the community probably appreciate that, Kevin, that you're putting the emphasis on. Hey, by the way, no, we're not going back to D2 year one. Totally different thing. I, I've heard that feedback a lot. I didn't really think it was because the time it, it's, it's a different game. The time to kill was very different. Uh, the weapon selection was very different. But um, so just to follow up on that original question, do you maybe foresee any problems arising from this change in direction for PvP? Hard to predict. I know no one has a crystal ball, but like in the vein of what problems might pop up, is there anything that you can think of? Uh, before I give any answer, I, want, I just want Eric to give his two cents. Yeah, I think <clears throat> for me, I don't, you know, we play tested it thoroughly, but this game has so many moving parts. There's so many interactions. It's impossible to test everything. Um, philosophically, I don't think there is a problem with this change in for PvP. I do think, obviously, there's a risk of players finding some way to exploit a loophole we didn't close, at which point we'll need to jump in there and, and see what we can do to mitigate. But um, yeah, I, that's my part. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, to, to Eric's point, right? We play tested aggressively. We play, we started up a new Friday play test that, like, the sole mission, the mission statement I gave them, and the thing I keep hammering home is I want to find about it in this play test before Cheese Forever posts a goddamn video about it. <laughs> um, like, that's, that's part of the, the things we did with this balance patch was just getting different people in there, getting them playing in a different context where it's not just seeing mm -hmm. the new content up, not just seeing the tuning values, but like playing to win. Right, that really matters. Sure, and that's that. That's what gets the like the cheesy stuff out there is when I I care more about seeing the W than I do like maintaining my friendships, um, in some cases. Uh, but also, right, like I think, in with anything, there's totally a risk that, like Eric said, that we'll we'll have missed something. There'll be exploits that get you more ability regen. I do not believe, and I you know fucking. Eat, eat me for this one if I'm wrong about this. Yeah, I told you it's a problem. Um, yeah, just if if I'm wrong about this, but I don't believe we're going to end up in a situation where the game feels drier than it's supposed to. Um, if anything, you, the problems we'll see are accelerants, are loopholes, are things we didn't catch um, that let you dip back into that ma that chaos and that madness that is the you the current retail experience. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see us being in a place where like people feel like it's too slow. Um, we tried really hard on the PVE front to make it feel almost identical. I would not say that it's uh yeah. I'd, for those of you like keeping keeping tally out there, ready to check the Carfax on all this, like it's not going to be one to one. But um, it will it will not be so different that you feel like your entire play styles or your entire loops or your entire builds are are neutered. If anything, mm -hmm. we hope that you find more options, more opportunities, or things that you weren't looking at before, but now this new context puts you in a place where you want to care about it. Um, those are the things that we're really excited about. And those are the things that we expect to happen versus the alternative. 
Great. Uh, Drew, you want to take the next one? Sure. Um, I think like generally us on this podcast, me, I know I do, but us on this podcast like the idea of shifting towards more gunplay focused PvP. But that being said, is there any concern about, and you kind of mentioned this, about the gameplay loop of some of the subclasses being hurt by this? Especially, I think, some of the classes that are like weaker or have weaker individual abilities that require or depend on those loops from, you know, using those abilities in combination. I mean, one that I think of like, you know, as of recently that I love playing is Night Stalker between the invis and the radar ping smoke grenade. I feel like those things kind of depend on each other and are less strong individually. You know, um, is there any concern regarding those kind of like gameplay loops? Uh, you know, we have done a pass to make sure no subclass feels left behind or is dead in the water. Uh, you know, but we do have to stress that this is this change is primarily foundational. It's the most important part is establishing this variable ability cooldown system um, for future tuning. Like, you know, we we have done what we could given our time constraints. You know, there were some monumental effort by a lot of people. We did as much as we could. Uh, but we are under no illusions that we totally nailed everything out there. So, I mean, you know, it is something that is going to be a work in progress. But from what I've played, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, to add on to that, right, like, to answer your question, just like with a flat yes and no, um, are we concerned that we're hurting the loops? No, but does that doesn't mean we aren't. Right. We do expect there to, like Eric said, we're not going to have nailed it the first try. It is a foundational change. We are very much setting our eye on the prize and the prize is what the world looks like after those 3.0 updates. Right. Um, so in some cases, we've done things with context that you guys won't have for a couple of releases. In other cases, we've done our best to ensure that the foundation of that system or the systems that are going to be in play in 30th anniversary are still great. Um but yeah, I mean, the neat thing and the thing we're trying really hard to reinforce here is like the team is super receptive to feedback and we're super iterative. Um, we have no qualms about going in there and touching it again. This is not a thing that's going to sit forever. Uh, again, we play the game, too. So if it's something that you like and you think it sucks, we're probably going to think it sucks, too. Um, so we're probably going to look at something to adjust whatever the outliers are, whatever, wherever the heat's going. Um, we have we have no issues doing that. Good call. Uh, I know before we started the show, we jumped around in the order of who was going to ask what. Is this a Merc question up this here? This is a Cami question. Uh, then, then nail it. All right. So we were talking about the loops of abilities and whatnot, and sometimes an exotic armor piece completes that loop. So something like Young Ahamkar is fine, Shinobu's Vow, Controverse, Armamentarium. Will they still be viable enough to compete in the new sandbox? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not particularly concerned about uh, exotic interactions not feeling good anymore. You know, some ability-based exotics I think are going to get a lot better. Omnioculus, for example, is going to be pretty hot. Um, you know, abilities are still going to help you secure those kills on a, on a regular cadence. And, you know, those long cooldowns like the arc flux, those aren't going to necessarily be the norm. Um, so I think a lot of those um, those exotics are, are still going to be really good. I think, uh, and we did do some tuning. There were, you know, a number of exotics out there that were like, you know, I use my grenade to kill someone and I get my grenade right back. You know what I'm talking about? Like those loops where it's, you know, people just go on tears and terrorize an entire lobby. Like we're reducing some of that. Um, but for the most part, exotics are still going to be, you know, great combination with your subclasses. You can okay. really expect us to reinforce the pillars that I laid out, right, for PvP, where Pillar 4 is about build crafting. Build crafting is rewarding. It augments the combat loop. It is that second-to-second -second combat loop. It's not a thing that I put on that's like, oh, I, th this, this gives me an invisible thing I don't care about. Like, we really want to push people to nerd about these builds in a way that like you've seen in other games like the the the, the stupid north star i like to say a lot is i want to read destiny guides the way i used to read mobile fire guides for league of legends like that's that's the end goal i mean we're not probably we're not there today and i don't think 30th is going to be the thing that gets us there but it's another step on that journey 
Um, so I'm not concerned uh, alongside Eric. I'm not concerned that exotics aren't going to be potent. We believe they are part of the conversation. Are, like they are a pillar of the sandbox that needs to be rewarding. Um, and again, if they aren't, we have no issues adjusting that. Uh, but I suspect what you'll find is certain things that were slept on will no longer be slept on because they're giving you an advantage. They're plugging a hole that wasn't there before. The idea that you you mentioned camp where I'm using an exotic to complete the portion of the puzzle to finish that engine to complete that loop. We mm -hmm. love that. We want that. Like we actually want to set up more alleys so that exotics could do the oops. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. So we were talking more on like the grenade side of it. What about the super side? Something like Raiju's Harness. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is that yeah. still going to be impactful? Uh, I think no. so. <laughs> Go for it, Kim. But yeah. No, no, no. I know. I was just saying, um, you know, I, I do think Raiders just see a lot of uses. People try Arc Strider. They want to try out that Arc Flux grenade. Uh, you know, we'll be monitoring to make sure that there isn't just one viable option per subclass, per exotic, you know, because that's, I think that's the worst case scenario where there's something that's just so dominant that to beat it, you got to join it. Um, and everyone's playing the same thing. So I think, um, you know, generally all those energy-based exotic changes were in the TWAB. Um, I don't think there's a lot outside of that, but there will be a, uh, there'll be more info on armor coming up. So Okay, I'd imagine some crazy interactions with Charger Light too, but I think this is Mercs now. Um, I just wanted to add on to something that Eric said that I really want to reinforce. Arc mm -hmm. Flux is not the norm, right? We put up those two provocative cases to kind of show you the extents of what the system is allowing us to do. A super free grenade with like low investment into it, not really a whole lot of skill gap to place it, get, effectively guarantees damage, but on a high uptime versus a one-shot kill that's harder to hit, that requires that that mastery that is on a long cooldown. So if you whiff it, you're going to feel it. But that that isn't to say everything's in one bucket or the other, right? There, that is the, the tent poles of the spectrum. It's, uh, it's good that you mentioned Arc Flux right there, because that kind of leads directly into my question. I know this is something that, and there's no bias here at all because I am a hunter main, but I know it's, it's pretty popular to ask this question right now in the community. But uh, the decision was kind of in the top like we're going to move away from ability heavy gameplay we're going to get rid of a couple of one hit kill abilities you took away the shoulder chargers from the titan you took away handheld supernova from the warlock uh hunter still has its weighted throwing knife which remains a one hit kill and they also got arc flux grenade so now they have two one hit kill abilities to zero for the other classes care to uh care to explain that decision 
Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, our goal here isn't specifically to remove one hit kill abilities from the game. I think in the TWAB, you know, we could have done a better job with the language talking about, you know, requiring a high level of skill or a big build crafting commitment to achieve a one hit kill ability. Um, you know, waiting, weighted throwing knife is one of those that like requires a fair bit of accuracy timing to pull off. Shoulder charge will still be able to be a one shot, you know, with some simple build crafting um, in the form of Paragon Greaves. We got uh, you know, Flux Grenade. You know, I think Tocom can can talk more to that, but like we felt like the power surge uh, when sticking someone was kind of most aligned to that arc fantasy. Um, and I can't stress enough how much these changes are aimed at like preparing the light subclasses for the future. You know, um, there will be some wild new build crafting combos and you're going to be able to do some really crazy shit. Uh, and I'm super hyped for it, but I, you know, we can't say too much at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I can talk about Arcflex. Uh, I think the message got maybe mangled a bit because we actually did start 30th anniversary and we're like, no more one shot kills. Like that's that's how we actually started. It was we we don't want to do one shot kills anymore. They're frustrating to get hit by. Um, the power reward isn't necessarily one that we think is worth the frustration, and that kind of led us down a path where we we're like, are we D two year winning this? Like, are we going too far down that spectrum? And I think, really, honestly, the team talked me out of it, honestly, uh, and put us in a position where, like, no, we power spikes are good. Power spikes are the thing that keep the variety going, and they keep the game interesting and exciting. And they, those are the things that like give you the hype plays where you, you know, you're screaming in your chair and your your Twitch chat is on fire. Um, but we wanted to make sure that when we do them, there's a cost associated with them be it time or skill or probably honestly both, right? And and that's the reason. I know people were confused and there's a lot of uh, confusion or discourse around shoulder charge as to like, why couldn't you make that a longer cooldown? Why couldn't you make that harder to hit? And I think the answer is because it would feel like, oh, like garbage, right? If you made shoulder charge not reliably hit or required a lot of skill to it or put it on a huge cooldown when it paid out, it wouldn't feel good, right? There are some things that are dramatic are like really intertwined to the fantasy and the feel that we can't betray. And one of those things is 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 shoulder charge and how how it targets people, right? We've seen it, we tried to make it harder, and that's what ended up putting it in the place where it feels like it's unreliable. And the feedback on that's really clear. It feels terrible. People feel it's bugged half the time. But the truth is that cone's really tight. We did that on purpose to try to nerf it. We're going the opposite direction this time. We're going to remove the one shot and we're going to make it really generous. When you want to hit somebody, you can. When you want to use it as a movement mode, it'll be rewarding. That Those are the decisions we decided to make this time because we felt like that was a better experience. That was a more fun experience than one that was like necessarily more mechanically balanced, but in the second to second action game fell flat. Cool. Yeah, that's a really fair answer. So we've talked about the the two ends. We have the flux grenade and then the fireball grenade as far as length of what, what we've done. So what about perks like Wellspring and Demolitionist? Is that do you think that players are gonna be more focused towards those now? And also were those perks changed anyway with how they interact with our abilities currently? I don't want to speak out of turn because uh Chris and his uh, team Yeah, well uh, work work uh pretty like they are their own separate unit and we coordinate with them and without the Carfax in front of me, I don't want to give you incomplete <laughs> info, but aesthetically and in terms of the goals, yes, we expect players to care about those more, right? If you want to be hucking your space magic more, we expect you to look for those type of things. But uh, I wouldn't say that we made specific changes or made specific decisions with that in mind. It was a thing that we knew was there. It was a thing that we were leveraging to our strengths, but it was not a direct like, you we with intention we want you to run wellspring yeah i think like i think for me wellspring and demolitionist and that sort of thing like because those require a kill to proc you know it is the bar is a little bit higher as well like it's we did look holistically at the entire you know 
ability economy or energy economy, but like some of that stuff that didn't seem like a crazy high, high outlier. Like if you look at something like melee kickstart, utility kickstart, those things are like straight up recursive. It's like you, you use the ability and by doing that, you get more ability energy. Um, I think the, that's the sort of stuff we focused on the most and the stuff that like has a, has a higher, you know, a hurdle to, to hit, like we weren't as focused on that. It'll, it'll help build crafting too. <clears throat> Wellspring demolitionists and some of these ability builds. It's good. It's important to think about these changes like Tetris blocks, right? Like we took on a lot but the blocks are going to fall now. And the more you change, the more that landscape is unpredictable, right? You can do your best to understand where those things are going to fall. But at the end of the day, the community will always surprise you. So we made changes where we felt was important to reinforce our goals, to set us up for the future. But we wanted to make sure that the things were changing had warrant behind them or they were reinforcing the goals. So some things we did not change because, yeah, like Eric said, they just didn't warrant it. They didn't warrant it in the data as an outlier or we didn't feel like it was going to shake up the sandbox in a way that was negative. Uh, talking about build crafting a little bit here, we know that intellect is going to affect the passive regeneration rate of the super, but that was something you guys touched in this most recent pass. Is intellect also going to affect the amount of super that you get back from dealing damage or taking damage, or is that like a fixed flat rate? Yeah, so that... Um super energy uh with your intellect uh that only affects your passive super regeneration so like um when you deal damage um or take damage you know your intellect does not uh factor into that it's only the passive we are considering maybe in the future you know it also affects your active regeneration um which is when you give or take damage, but for now it is just that passive. Okay, I'll call like, part of that, that question. Yeah, go for it. I was just gonna say part of that is like intellect is the most obviously valuable stat in the game, right? It like it, to the point where there are times where we feel like it's not even a conversation of if intellect, it is how intellect, and that's not necessarily the most interesting for build crafting. So we were okay at least for this release. And uh, for the, you know, for the rest of the season, seeing how that played out, because we didn't feel like intellect was really hurting for for more uptime and more support and more love. I definitely feel that. OK, so here's the combo question. How much super energy would you get for like a hand cannon versus an auto rifle? Is it going to be similar? Is it pure damage output as it hits? Can I yeah. pop the PR brakes here? Or are you going to answer sure. it? <laughs> I mean, I was going to, but you don't have. Yeah, you can't. I mean, uh, so I'll, I'll I'll give like a quick rundown. I'm not going to jump like deep into it, but I think, sure. um, you know, it is complex. It's like it is scaled depending on how much damage you give or take, and then it's capped. So it's like if I deal 150 damage with a hand cannon, and then I deal 150 damage with a auto rifle, you know, you're going to get the same amount of energy. Um, you know, there, there are other ways that it is uh, factored and scaled where it's like, um, depending on, you know, whether you're using a primary weapon, whether it's an ability, whether it's, you know, um, a splash damage, like all this stuff is, is kind of going into like how much energy you're getting back. And to be clear, I just want to quantify what I said before the chat's like, oh, no, he's he's, he's a PR man. Uh, we just don't want this to turn into a patch preview. Like we want to talk philosophy here. Uh, sure. You guys are going to read the patch notes when the release comes out. We don't think like an early preview over video is that interesting. Like we have an hour, let's spend it on the things that you can't get from that patch notes page. That is yeah. very fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we will try to keep the focus to that. It's um, it's yeah, it's important. It's also kind of a challenge for the five of us because usually if you were to look inside our heads with a magic x-ray machine you always see the cogs turning and like well, what about what about this what about that trying to to really yeah. peg down the nitty-gritty so if you feel like we're ever getting too deep in the weeds with the nitty-gritty you can just yeah no just i get it i love right it. in yeah I'm, I'm here for it but i i, I just <laughs> want to make sure that yeah you I, guys will yeah 
I mean, how do, yeah. you guys would handle that. I don't want to go get too in the weeds because that's you know that's your jobs. You got you can put out YouTube videos and all that. <laughs> like, that's good content. I don't want to rob you guys of sure, that. Sure, sure. You know, sure. So we that cool jazz in Drew's video, <laughs> but I'm listening to him recite the patch notes. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. So, some of our subclasses absorb a grenade, an, an ability. Uh, so something like a glacier grenade and we have different and by the way on the ui i love that the base cooldown time is there that's that's a great that's a great touch for all the subclasses but like the automatically extended grenade cooldown from bleak watcher is that going to be applied to other grenade absorption abilities like devour heat rises divine protection or is it still going to use the same recharge time with whatever type of grenade that you choose So this one, uh, yeah. So the stat standardized grenade time on Bleak Watcher is currently only on Bleak Watcher. Um, you know, oh. Everything else is going to use the time of the grenade you chose. Um, you know, one of those reasons is because Bleak Watcher is powerful AF and um, it lingers in the world for a long time. Uh, so by choosing a, a short cooldown grenade, you just see them everywhere. It gets really uh, oppressive to play against, right? I think. Um, you know, also that dusk field grenade cooldown is real short, uh, like real short, <laughs> and uh, and especially compared to the glacier grenade cooldown. I think you know one reason that is short is because we pulled that vacuum impulse off of the dusk field, so we needed to to give it something else. Um, yeah, we we just kind of been looking at you know the different damage types and what they're good at, and that's another preparation thing for you know. Uh, the future. I'll go so far to even say like two two things. One, we had a play test where we yeah, we turned down the dusk field because that's a utility grenade. If it doesn't have the pull, if it just slows, if you can dodge out of the slows, um, and it's like not really accumulating stacks to the point where you're gonna reliably get frozen, it's there as utility. It's there as an area denial tool. And we put it on a fast cooldown. And then a bunch of us in that Friday playtest where we wanted to cheese the fuck out of the game put on uh, a bunch of mods that accelerated our grenade energy. We specced in the discipline and like there was a team of warlocks on burnout ruining the game for everyone. Just flat out. Like I, I myself was able to have two bleaks up on cooldown before the, the without needing to do really anything special. Right? And like multiply that by six other people if you they really wanted to. Uh, that's really frustrating to deal with. So the the second thing is like the hardline stance I think that I'm taking is it depends on context, right? This is a situation where the system's given us a lot of fluidity to make decisions based on context because not all grenades are made equal, not all atoms are made equal. They sometimes they don't fit well in the system. For things like heat rises or devour, those things aren't persistent lingering effects. Those things aren't going to occupy mind space or area denial on the map. Um, they aren't things that divert your attention from the combat. Um, those are fine. I think to have those individual cooldowns, those are interesting choices you get to make on picking a weaker grenade to be able to do those actions more. But if it's a thing that creates a turret that can freeze you and you have to divert your attention to, I think that warrants the change. That's fair. Very good. So looking at our list of questions here, I'm noticing that we've gone from talk about the philosophy and we're kind of going down a funnel. So it's good that we've gotten a lot of our primo philosophy questions out of the way. I hope it doesn't get too detailed here, but I have one question that I put shockingly deep. I can move it up a little bit because I do think it gives a good opportunity for you guys to talk philosophy. Uh, can you just give us a little insight, if you could, about why each super was placed into each tier? What were the... the no, like, you, you don't have to get su super into the... <laughs> into the uh you know the numbers or anything like that but what was what factored what fueled the decision to put this super in this tier this super in that tier and so on and so forth that's a good question uh <clears throat> so we looked at all the supers we looked at their kill potential we looked at the rest of the kit surrounding the super and uh you know put them in tiers um, you know, we do have a lot of data like win rates and kills per minute that we can look at when we're determining these things. Um, and, you know, we'll continue to look at those things as, 
the game, you know, plays as as the patch goes live to make sure there aren't, you know, subclasses that are, are falling off and that sort of thing. Yeah, can I deviate real quick? Because I've seen this sentiment and I saw it in the comments here. Sure. And I'm a single I'm a single this person out if I can find it. Ah, Woods underscore photos talking about hunter viability and in-game PvE. Um, yeah, it could be better. I think that's something the team's totally aware of. The team's working on. Um, that is a target of things that we are actively looking at with the Witch Queen Void 3.0 updates. Uh, I can't really talk about specifics, but like, yeah, we're aware that hunters right now are PVE dominant or PVP dominant, excuse me, and PVE lackluster. I think a thing that's really important to stress though is that we're totally comfortable with there being subclasses that are preferred for an activity and aren't stellar in others. We think that's part of the the variety of the game and the spice of the game where you have a subclass that is the PVP class. You have a subclass that is the PVE class. The failure point is when the everything in a singular class is one direction or the other. Um, we want there to be variety. We want you to have options, but we don't believe that everything needs to be good at everything. Kind of like that take. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, that was your we're little, uh, the, the super, yeah, the super tier list. Yeah. That was just kind of a quick Kevin uh, detour through the woods from a comment, which <laughs> uh, Kevin, any, uh, any follow-up commenting on the, the, the placement or the process of fleshing out the super tier list for, for December? As with all the changes, it's a foundational change. I think we used the tools that we had at hand to make the, the decisions we had, there are some that were like, to be clear, there are some that we're, we're shipping that we're like, uh, we're a little, <laughs> we're a little scared of like, I mean, arc strider tier three is, is, is potentially kind of spicy. Right. But I would rather, so in, in general, my, my philosophy, and I think the team's philosophy is I would rather live in a world where we ship something hot and has it stay in the sun then ship something like a wet noodle and then no one has fun with it. And by the time we, we tune it, no one cares. Hmm. I agree with that. Putting that. Okay. I also want to add, like, I think, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock into the tiers. Like, as, as we mentioned, this entire system is changing. It's like, it's more based on your, your combat participation, whether you're giving damage, whether you're taking damage, you know, those tiers are only your passive cooldowns. So it's like, if something's tier three and tier four, if the tier four player is getting in more fights, you know, they, they may be able to get uh, their uh, super up faster, right? So it's it's not a huge separation between each tier. And because it is more based on participation in fights, it um, just because your super is like a low tier super doesn't mean you're not going to get your super in that match also based on like kill potential right like i hope no one's surprised by winter wrath at, at the bottom tier right like because there are times where it can just be so oppressive for so free and i love the thing and it hurt me to want to put it in there but it's the right call versus a well of radiance which today may not be seeing the love uh that's another one where i'm scared to be clear like the the highest tier for well could totally be super dominant but again, that's a world where I'd rather see well have its day in the sun than try to like over index and be super scared and put it in like tier three and not really have it live up to the potential it could have. Right. It's better when you when you push it's better to push the extent so you can figure out where the boundaries are and then f f hone it in from there, especially with the foundational chain. Right. Again, my eye is on the prize and that prize is the post 3.0 world. Sure. And uh, to clarify, you mentioned that. Because I think when I looked on Reddit uh, right after the TWAB, I think a lot of people were, <laughs> I know, a mistake, I know. Uh, a lot of people were really sweating the decision to put X super here, uh, Y super there. And I think they were trying to make sense of what placement each super had based on the strength of the super alone. So like, oh, that super is not that good. It shouldn't be there. It should be here. Uh, so on and so forth. But you're you're making those tier decisions not only based on the strength of the super but you're also doing it on the strength of the overall kit correct is that like a bunch of stuff that you're putting into consideration 
Totally. Yeah. It's not just the super, it's the whole kit. Um, and again, a lot of this is a preparation to move things over <clears throat> into the world where like your kits can be more dynamic and you can, you have a, uh, an option, you know, to choose this and this, which maybe this is better for PVP. Um, maybe it's better for PVE. Uh, so I, I do think, um, it'll all, it'll all make sense eventually. And if it doesn't, we'll fix. But uh, yeah, it's worth noting the tiers. The tiers aren't just like flat cooldown times. The tiers are also changing part of the damage taken and given calculation, right? Like there's more to that tiering system than just a valuation of how good or how bad or something is, right? And I think that's probably part of the salt is like you tiering lists are the thing you put on Twitter when you want to get, generate impressions from hate. So. <laughs> Uh, I totally understand why there's so much talk on it, but um, in a way, I'm also okay with it, right? I'm okay with people getting excited and heated about these things. These are the debates that I wanted. These are the, the takes that I wanted. I want people to be passionate about these things and think about these things and how they're going to play. Like this, for all intents and purposes, this balance patch is working the way we wanted it to already, and it's not even out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. God love y'all. Um, the only reason I'm going to quickly slide this one is in is because I think we're doing pretty good on time here. But um, Kevin, I just wanted to follow up real quickly on... The one thing you said where we'd rather maybe ship something a little hot, have something have its day in the sun, which I think a lot of people would agree uh, can be damn cool. I'm trying to think of particular examples, but I'm sure there are. I'm just having one of those moments in the moment. Frontal uh, Assault Titan, when those changes got, uh, when the ARC subclasses got refreshed, the Frontal Assault Titan, pretty pretty good example. Thank you, cool guy. Um, would you, I'm going to put, I'm going to put this delicately. Uh, would you agree that it could potentially backfire to put something out maybe that you anticipate being maybe a level four hot and it's like a level nine hot? Oh, you're talking about stasis. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's OK. Uh, yeah, I think stasis is a little different because stasis had a bunch of pressure riding on it. Right. Like we've talked about sure. this already. Yeah. Uh, being the first new damage type in the entire franchise's history, being a verb that we had never done in the sandbox before. Um, I don't think we'll ever be that misaligned again. And I'm like, I'll eat shit if I'm wrong, um, but I'm pretty convinced I'm not. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we'll ever be that misaligned again. Cause again, there was a shift in philosophy. Uh, there was a shift in team right around that time. Like we, 
the team we have now really, really, really cares about PvP. From weapons to armor to abilities, the team we have right now are people that love PvP games. They have this intrinsic desire to make PvP better. That is like where we're aesthetically aligned and where we want it to be. So I, I would be surprised if we shipped a level 9 hot. Like, I think we'll ship a level 6 hot when we expect it to be level 4. But I'll take, I'll take two points of, like, oops on that one <laughs> rather than, you know, a full 5, right? A full 5 is, is double. Um, and again, like, stasis wasn't a secret. Like, as I said last time I was on here, we knew. We knew For we sure. were sending out the door. But that was, sure. one of the, that was one of the decisions we took. I think I see some comments on, like, oh, man, sure, it had its day in the sun, but this was, like, its ear in the sun. That also won't happen again. We've gotten a lot better about being more responsive to balance patches. We have a larger team than we've ever had in Destiny's franchise history. Um, we, As you've seen through the last year, we've been able to put out those balance patches pretty regularly, right? And I don't think that's going to change. I just want you all to know really quick that uh, we appreciate the fuck out of you. It's like coming on a podcast where like maybe say 80% of the people in the comment section are really just looking to throw words around and stuff like that. It's coming on to talk about the philosophy behind your game, uh, you know, for better or for worse. It uh, takes goddamn cojones. And uh, we, we really respect the fact that you're here. And I we really appreciate the fact that you're talking all this stuff with us. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, if I didn't have to work on behalf of the community and make sure you get the philosophy out, I'd be like fanboying questions left and right, <laughs> just so you know. Compliments to the chef for Agar Scepter. Continue. God, you should see what Cammy's been doing with that trash lately. Um, where are we? Uh, Drew, I think we got a I think we got a Drew question here. Yes. As the resident uh, preacher of the Hunter Dodge and how absurd it is. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it's like clear, like I'm aware of the strength of Hunter Dodge. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are at this point and I think some would consider it one of the strongest, maybe the strongest like class ability in PvP. Um, but it still has the shortest cooldown of all the class abilities. But at the same time, it's like this weird mix of like, wow, it's like super duper strong, but like doesn't leave you anything to actually like utilize like the other abilities. But like at the... Other end of things, it also is an integral part of the engine for some of the hunter subclasses, but then it also circumvents ability cooldowns. So you guys changed the cooldown of the hunter dodge. So honestly, for me, I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even know what the answer is to that. I don't know how to even go thinking about like, how do you balance that? How do you decide what the cooldown should be? How do you arrive at that point if it should be longer or shorter? How did you guys arrive at that? Like, what's your thoughts on it? I'll take the heat for this one. Okay. <laughs> Go for I it. straight up asked Eric to nerf it. Uh, I'll be the devil here. I have no problems. Uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's one of the quickest cooldowns of the class ability compared to the other two. It may not leave something for you to bunker behind or give you healing or bonus damage, but it displaces your hitbox. It refunds your melee. It triggers things like kill clip while displacing your hitbox. It reinforces entire parts of the engine. Like at the end of the day, even with the nerfs, you're going to be sitting at a potential arc flux every like 20 seconds out of 182. The value proposition there is insane. Hopefully not. That's... Hopefully not 20 seconds. That'd be, be busted. <laughs> we'll see. But like, I'm preparing. I don't know. I, I think, yeah, like just by virtue of it being a class ability, like it works with tons of mods, tons of exotics and stuff. And like it, you know, when it you have one class ability that's way shorter than the others, it's hard to balance for all three classes. And um, as as uh, Kevin said, it like you know, especially gamblers dodge circumvents that melee ability cooldown. It totally breaks your um, silhouette in PvP. You have a headshot lined up, and then the head's just gone. Right. So um, it's it's something that's real powerful. I still think it's in a good spot, um, and I'm excited for it to be out there and see how how you know lands i certainly yeah. think it's still very good and like there's this vector that we can't quantify right drew that you're very aware of which is how the interaction of that cooldown plus game sense and positioning dramatically changes its output right like a thing that displaces your biped by fucking four meters in the right hands can be more disruptive 
than the thing that gives you a damage boost in a three meter circle by far right it's just about how it's used the context it's used because that gets you away from losing a gunfight in an elimination match uh it could be a thing that helps you engage or break somebody's knee in a place knees in a place that they didn't expect it right there's a or, or it refunds your melee right that's I think, and those melees are really strong. It could be weighted throwing knife. It could be the shurikens that get you the slow that win you the fight. There's a bunch of non-quantifiable things that you can't put on a spreadsheet about the context that those dodges are used in that we have to account for when we balance these things. Right. And we're not just, you know, it sounds like, you know, that stuff is super valuable in PvP. You know, breaking uh, dregs ankles isn't quite as important, right? Um, (laughs) So that is absolutely the hardest part of the job is like balancing PVP against PVE. Um, and, you know, sometimes uh, things, you know, there, there's some of that stream crossing, but with the dodge, uh, I think Kevin, we're, we're cool to talk about PVE with the dodge, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, this is, um, yeah, Eric, a TS up here, but this is actually a reaction to, uh, some of the feedback we saw after the uh, TWAP came out. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> with, you know, Dodge, we changed it so it doesn't uh, break projectile tracking anymore. But uh, because, you know, we do listen to the community, we are going to uh, change that in a, an upcoming patch where, like, it will only not break projectile tracking in PvP. In PvE, you'll still be able to you know, get rid of all those shrieker bullets flying at you and that sort of thing. So, like, um, that won't be for launch, but that will be, you know, shortly thereafter. Yeah, oh. and I, I really need to reinforce that was a thing that we saw that we totally agreed with. And again, because of the swath of changes that we made, it was a thing, honestly, that fell through the crack. It was not uh, an intent, like something that was made with dripping intent. We we're like, yeah, hunters and GMs. Fuck you guys. Like, absolutely not. That's not that is not the play. Um we we absolutely want hunters to have a place in the PvE loop. Again, you'll see that with the future as well. Uh, mm-hmm. but this is a change that was like a no-brainer to me. That's cool. Um Eric, I just because I don't think I've ever asked you this before. Uh are you a hunter main? You know, I started <laughs> Destiny as a hunter main. Uh but, you know, I try to switch like every season just to get a good grasp of, of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my first love, yeah, definitely the hunter. Mm. Er- Eric Eric's a, is, a, is a true homie there. Like he, he definitely tries the variety. Uh, I know Sam and I are warlocks for life. And uh, Michael, he says he loves all of his children, but he's a Titan man. Let's be clear. <laughs> Michael and Joe are 100% Titan man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I want to clarify. I actually misspoke. I'm so sorry about the Arc Flux 22nd thing. I was conflating that with the melee cooldown on Gambler's Dodge. There's no such thing. Jesus Christ, pump the pump the brakes. <laughs> I was gonna oh. ask about the hunter, like going back to the to the hunter dodge. Um, like I, I think that all the strengths of the hunter dodge is like totally valid and like I understand it a lot. Perhaps like my biggest worry about it in like I've generally been like pretty understanding and like and I, I think that it's like well justified the increased cooldown for like all the reasons you said and like things I'm like super aware of like I quite like I preach that's the reason I play the class because of how broken I think it is. Um, the thing that worries me is how it's like I feel like there's some classes and like abilities or subclasses that are like dependent on that as an either activation or like requirement of the class. Combination blow was one that was mentioned in the swab. Um, which is like obviously being like changed, but like there, I feel like are like other classes that like were almost seemingly designed like needing the hunter dodge to like function its loop, and like does that like not like hurt that, and like how do you like go about balancing that so that the loop's not like totally hurt? And same with the exotics, where like that have like a relatively like shorter uptime and use your dodge as like an activation, so you're not using it in combat like a lot of the time, therefore not getting a lot of those benefits. Like how do you like balance that and make sure that neither like you're not getting too much and those aren't being too like hurt too much either. Like I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. Those loops will, will be hurt a bit, like just straight up from where we are today. Like we've accelerated way too hard since Forsaken 
in a place that's like unhealthy and we can't we just can't sustain that loop because it very leaves very little possibility space and it's really disruptive to balance. Um, so in some cases, those loops will just be slower. But with the expectation, the hope is that you're looking for ways, like Cam said, things to finish those loops for you, accelerate those loops for you in in the build crafting game. Um, the second bit is for the 3.0 world, as you'll see, and I can't give details on this because, again, there's this precious thing that I'm trying to maintain, which is your excitement as you, you see the Witch Queen that are context switches that will paint a much clearer picture of why we keep reinforcing this as a foundational change. And we are taking those things into account. Good call. Cool. Oh, geez, we're getting down to the bottom of the barrel here. Um, stop me if this is too uh, patch noty. Uh, Kevin, I think I did see on Twitter that you mentioned uh, regarding super energy regeneration that self damage would not uh, self harm would not factor towards the uh, towards the regeneration of passive super gain, right? Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let Eric take this one because he is intimately familiar with this. Okay. Yeah. So there are a number of <clears throat> uh, damage events that essentially scale how much damage you sorry energy you regenerate to zero. Uh, one of those is anything that's self-damage, anything that's like barricade damage. Uh, actually, when you have an overshield, you know, the damage to the overshield isn't regenerating um, uh, super energy either. So oh. we definitely took those into account. You know, I'm not to say I'm worried, but, you know, players always find a way to like, right. to, to game the system. So there might be something out there, but we did our due diligence. We think we're good. Uh, we'll we'll find out. I'm pretty convinced Telesto won't be a problem this time. <laughs> but I've said say. that so many times that I don't have the cross with me right now. I promise there's one somewhere. Uh, but well, yeah, we, 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 too, right? Since yep. since we like went gold with with uh, the 30th anniversary patch, like Telesto has changed just in the last season. So who knows? You know, we're gonna do our best and. And hope Telesto doesn't yeah. break everything. Yeah. I'm Jesus convinced that at this point, like. <laughs> I don't um, see the question, but there is a thing I want to touch on, and we touched on it recently. Okay. Which is like, hey, the team's philosophy on balancing PvE versus PvP. You know, previously, we we're pretty hard line about it. Um, and players are in the, ex the impression now that we've changed that. Like, no philosophy has changed here. Uh, we still believe what we said, which is PvE and PvP should feel the same. I think what's missing there is context. Feel to us is the context that you use the thing, how to use the thing, the distance it travels, the game feel it has, the anticipation that's built into it, the communications built to it, into it. But the potency, that stuff can all mutate. It already is mutated and it has mutated since Destiny 1. That's not news. We're just giving us more levers to be able to pull that. Previously, we just couldn't technologically we just couldn't without jumping through several unsustainable hooks so there's been no philosophy change there we want you to be able to hone your skills and try out things in pve and then hop to pvp and feel like the difference there is minimal that it's still the same game still the same experience that the skills that you're fostering shooting dregs translates to guardians and vice versa so there's no hard line that we're drawing in the sandbox that says this is the PvP sandbox and this is the PvE sandbox. It is one sandbox. It works cohesively. We're just giving ourselves more knobs to be able to service the moods better. What well, was a big project touching all that? Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do appreciate if, that. If we have three minutes left, I got one question that I think should be a pretty easy answer. It's the last one on the sheet here. It says very specifically. Do not get into specifics on it. So uh, in the TWAB, you talked about uh, a couple of the cooldowns have actually gotten a little bit faster. Uh, you mentioned like combination blow, stuff like that. Um, some of the cooldowns have gotten like much slower. Uh, is the is the center, like the median or the mean cooldown, like where it is right now, has that shifted to being a little bit slower? Like not, not specifics here, but just like where's the average now compared to where it is right now? Yeah, so <clears throat> there are a handful of abilities that are faster than uh, the live game right now. Uh, but that mean 
is is longer, right? Like most abilities are going to be longer. Not a whole lot, you know. You might see a lot of grenades that are twenty percent longer, a lot of melees that are ten to fifteen percent longer, but um, it's not, um, you know, it's it's not everything, and uh, it's something that you know when you get a feel for it. Uh, I think players are really going to like it. So Reddit's fear that every grenade now has an arc flux cooldown and the trade-off in PV is 15% damage is, is mostly an unfounded fear. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. It's, you know, <clears throat> again, like Kevin said earlier, we displayed, like, the in the TWAB, like, the super provocative stuff, the tent poles for, like, what we're able to achieve now. And because this is a foundational change, we made a couple of those changes. Um, you know, we might see more in the future, but... Now we can make those changes if you know we needed to for some reason. Is um our supers are any of the supers faster than they are right now, or did all the supers get slowed down comparatively? All the supers got slowed down, but because the you know the super regeneration is again mostly based on combat participation, they can be faster in PVE. I'd say you know they. Most supers are a little, I won't say most supers, but some supers may be a little bit faster. Um, in PvP, like in sixes, like it feels about the same as it does today. Uh, and then 3v3s, because you're, you know, getting in less fights, it's going to be less. Like one thing we outline in the TWAB is the, you know, kind of our, our, our philosophy going into this, like what we wanted to achieve. We wanted generally one super in 3v3s, you know two and sixes, uh, and then for PvE, it's for it to remain roughly the same as it is in today's game. And I think we did it, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Cool. Thank you for the answer. There was definitely a goal on our end. Like, we set an upper limit target. We were like, one super guaranteed, two supers if you're on, like, a, a hot streak, and then three supers if you were dominating the lobby, and you've build crafted, and even then, we're not... It depends on the tier. Because we think, yeah, supers are awesome power moments, but when they dominate the field, they snowball, right? It's not just one singular thing. They create orbs that then feed into other things. So that economy is all interlinked and all intertwined. So everything needs to be touched in unison. Uh, we are organized AF, because I think that was the last question, and uh, that was an hour. We did it. Damn, uh, that was short and that was sweet. <laughs> we have short, sweet, goals. No way. I, I'll, uh, I'll say we can end it on your word. I mean, like, if there's any other philosophy that you want to share, if you want to give it a, a little TLDR, put the little cherry on top, how you feel, you know, you want to summarize what the changes were for December, and then we'll just go out on that. I think for me, uh, <clears throat> I don't necessarily have any philosophy I want to talk about right now, but I do want to shout out, you know, the rest of the team at Bungie, um, you know, from, you know, the VFX artists to the test team to the other designers to, you know, everyone. Like, uh, everyone worked their asses off on this, uh, and there were a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of really good collaboration that happened. Um, so... I hope everyone's super proud of what they did. I am. And I hope uh, y'all love it because it's really good. Yeah, I got to reinforce that. The team's firing on all cylinders. As I mentioned before, we have three teams. We all have our different goals, sure. But we, we come together. We try to make sure that the, build, the thing we're building is cohesive, that the goals we're setting are the things that we all want to hit. The team is more staffed than it's ever been. I got to reinforce this. We have a bigger team that is super aligned, that is like the Death Star. That, I'm sorry, Alderaan, but like, <laughs> you're done. Like, we got it. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't be more proud of the work that they were doing. Obviously, there's still work to be done. There will continue to be work to be done. Um, but we, yeah, we are so equipped to, to do it. And uh, I'm just really happy uh, that we were able to, we were able to, you know, come out and talk about this stuff. I will say that, you know, I really want to caution this. If you guys walk away with anything, especially in the chat, um, you know, these are foundational changes. We're going to respond to them. This team is hyper iterative, hyper responsive to feedback. 
we again we play the game we pull up a big old bowl of it and we eat it and so when <laughs> shatter dave's a problem i promise you we're not happy about it either uh when winter's wrath is tracking you like truth we're like oh yeah we should fix that right there's a number of a number of issues that like are on our radar there are a number of issues that are going to be on our radar after the 30th anniversary um some of the stuff we can do in a timely manner some of this stuff takes a longer time some of the stuff we have to re-prioritize to hit with the 3.0s or beyond um but we are working on it. We do see it. We we read a lot of Twitter. Uh, we watch a lot of the Reddit and we use data. So uh, I hope you guys don't walk away feeling like there's some iron castle in the sky where the the secret cult of Bungie designers are deciding all of the future for all of you. Um, to me, this is a campfire. We're all sitting down. We're sharing our stories. We're sharing our takes. Uh, and we're doing this as a unit and not necessarily as a entity from above. And the people below so that's my take it's 704 i'm calling yeah, it he's tapping that's his take and he's teacup, teacup, teacup. <laughs> <laughs> uh gentlemen we we really appreciate you being on the show uh it was a tight hour loved it thank you for the feedback thank you for sharing your insight uh we're not going to do our usual thing of going around the table and plugging our own bullcrap and it's just you know who we are cammy cool guy drew fallout merc uh check us out and thank you very much to kevin Giannis. Eric Smith repping the uh, the old dev team there for Bungie here tonight. We appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening to Firing Range. We record every other Wednesday. Take care of each other. Have a great night. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.